Welcome to Between Two Curators, the podcast where two friends and, well, curators discuss art, life, and what, or rather, who inspires them. I'm Jen. And I'm Cliff. And in this episode, we speak with Maxta, a London-born and bred grime MC and music producer. Welcome, Maxta. Hi, Maxta. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, man? It's good to be here with you guys today. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, excited. I'm excited to talk and just get into it. Oh, that's How's really it great. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Cool. So you've got, um, you've got an amazing, amazing story. And I wanted to ask you, um, hit the rewind a little bit and go back to um, your early talent for music at school. Um, yeah. You were involved in music like almost from the outset. I mean, it seemed to be your calling in a way. Uh, you're playing a number of instruments yeah, yeah, at yeah. school. Um, and then, you know, at the age of 16, 17, it's kind of, this is the direction I'm going in, which is, which is really young. Mm. And I wanted to just hear about those, um, those moments and also sort of like finding a direction at such a young age, but then also like um, getting the support, getting the resource and the motivation to actually, to actually just doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's because like, I guess the first time I ever like played an instrument or was part of making music, I was probably like, I, I was probably really young in church. Like, mm. and, and obviously it started off with like, yeah, I was probably like, like t- nine, ten. And it just started off with like, firstly, just singing in church full stop. Yeah. And it was like, I started because there was a church choir. And then I feel like my ears just kind of pricked up to like, just, I don't know, just like the different kind of harmonies in the choir and stuff. And it just made me think, wow, like music's like so many different things that can kind of come together. So I ended up like um, asking if I could like play the drums mm-hmm. in, in, in the church thing. So I just, yeah, I just ended up playing the drums and I kind of got good at it um, probably when I was like 10, 11. So from there, oh no, 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 I must have been like nine. That's the crazy thing. So yeah, from there, it was like, I was in the still pan band in like primary school in like year five and six. I did the choir practice and then I had did like guitar lessons and cello lessons all all before I went to secondary school. Yeah. Because there was this um, community scheme in the borough that I was from at the time that I lived in uh, Southwark. Mm -hmm. They had this thing where it's like um, if you wanted to, like no one was forced, but if you wanted to, then you could on the weekend sign up for these music lessons for free and stuff and and then you'd go to this like big secondary school building and there'd be kids from all over the borough who just like want to learn music and stuff so from there there's like I think the cello became like my thing at the time because I don't know I just fell in love with the sound of the strings and stuff and um but it was crazy because after that I went to secondary school my primary school was in Dulwich um but I went to secondary school in like Bermondsey so it was more like it was more mixed to be fair there was more like black kids and stuff Mm. and it got to a point where I'll be honest with you like I used to bring my cello into school and I'd have these other black kids be like oh like you're a nerd like why you got a cello like (laughs) kind of like I'll be I'll be honest it kind of made me feel like oh like black kids don't play Mm. the cello like and stuff like that right so I remember thinking about it kind of like long and hard at home Mm. and I was like damn like this is crazy because it was weird because I felt like in the up, like when I was in primary school, I was it. There was like two groups in my class. There was like kind of like the white kids and then the black kids. But I would just like fluctuate. I was like the one kid that would fluctuate between both. Yeah. Like if I felt like it. And then when I went to secondary, is like 
weirdly enough, it was I was automatically just in the group of black boys only in a weird way. It was like very segregated yeah. in Berman in this like the school that I went to in Bermondsey. So yeah, I feel like I ended up just like rapping because the other people thought it was cool. I literally thought, okay, like how do I just like fit in to this situation? Mm. So I just started like genuinely just started rapping. I think I had wrote lyrics before that, but it wasn't like my thing. I more wanted to be like in a band. I don't know if you've seen like the P Diddy video for Bad Boys for Life or like yes. Ben Stiller's in it yeah. and stuff. Like when I was young, I was like, you know, they have the like rock scene where he's like the where P Diddy's like in the band and they like and they're in the garage. Like I always thought, yeah, that's like what I want to be like the just like the lead guy in a rock band. And then yeah, I don't know. I just started rapping because cause of like secondary school and stuff and i'll be and i'll be real i did like gram i got into it and stuff because it was the first time where there was like a, a sort of music where people actually speak with like british like black british slang and stuff it was like more about the identity of it that i could relate to when i saw people like dizzy rascal than more so maybe even the sound of the music it was like an identity thing and then from there I don't know, I had like, I feel like I had a bad time fitting into secondary school just based on like the different cliques and stuff. And I never really felt, I, I didn't feel too good. Like, I, obviously I used to get like bullied and all that stuff. So I never really felt too good in my first couple of years of secondary school. It yeah. was just like a fight to fit in. I ended up like just acting out and like misbehaving and fighting and stuff. So eventually my mum had like moved me out of the school by like year nine and then I moved then just took me out the whole area, I moved to East London. And then from there, it was like, that was the place where I would just see a lot of grime MCs like that are on TV, like driving past, or like some of them had like gone to the school that I went to. So it just became more of a real dream. And before I knew it, it was like, I guess when I was like 14, 15 now, I met this kid who knew like Wiley and all of those guys. Yeah. And I'd be real, I just like, one time his phone was charging, and I just stole Wiley's number out of his phone. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm just, That's I'm awesome. just gonna call him. I was like, I'm just gonna call him. And I called him up when I got home, and I was like, yo, like Wiley, like my name's Max, like I rap, boom, boom, boom. And he was like, all right, cool. Was, I, I think like loads of people must have been calling him up and doing the same thing because he was just like, all right, cool, like spit me a lyric then. And I was like, all right, cool. I just started rapping, and he was like. All right, cool. You know where my studio is, isn't it? And I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah. <laughs> Slight was stalker like, yeah. vibes, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Low key. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you know where my studio is, yeah? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I do. He's like, yeah, just come to the studio tonight. And then I kind of just went to the studio and there was like all these guys from like his crew and like, all these producers and stuff there. And that really was just the start of my journey because like from a young age, I got to kind of be around all these guys who was actually like having like record deals and like kind of really famous and like just a couple of years ago I was watching them on TV and stuff so that's just where it all started man and since then it's like there's obviously been ups and downs and stuff but it's just been like yeah like I, in a weird way even though I rap it's like I'm not really like a rapper as a person I'm just like a musician just someone that really mm. is even like quite grateful for the fact that I get to do this like or and stuff so Fast forward to like many years after, like I had done like a record deal with Sony and loads of different things. And then it was like 2016 slash 17. I was like, damn, everyone always told me when I said that I wanted to make beats, 
like people who were managing me at the time and they was all like no like don't do it why do you want to do that and it just like eventually I was like nah I'm just gonna go after like my uh, after I had been dropped by Sony at the time I was like nah I'm just gonna go and do a diploma and like learn music production yeah so so I did that and then like yeah ever since I did that it was like I feel like because because I really got bored of rapping and like in a weird way, I got bored of, like, being around rappers or, like, just being in such a, like, braggadocio place. Like, <laughs> it kind of got a bit boring because it didn't really feel real. Yeah. And it felt like there was no, you know, there's no substance and stuff. Mm. So it was like, mm. yeah, basically, when I started making beats again, it kind of reignited the passion. It was like, oh, snap, this is why I do it. Yeah. Anyway, this is why I always got involved, just because of the sound of music. So, yeah, like, since then... Things took a like better turn, and then I like did some deals with like Universal and this and different people, and I've like produced adverts and just all different type of stuff, and like I just produce all my music now, so it's like yes, yeah, it's, it's cool. That's where I'm at right now, and, and at the moment I'm just prepping up because I took like the last kind of eight months, no, the last year out with Magic, my my manager, and I was just like, okay, I want to remodel like who I am. I don't want to be what I think people should like expect from me i want to be like who i really am yeah. rather than like who i was as a teen and stuff so yeah that's that's where i'm at now and it's just about kind of it's been weird because i feel like i got put in a weird box but not necessarily by anyone else other than myself it was like because i wanted to fit in with my pair so bad i like kind of lost a bit of my original self and like now i'm just kind of getting yeah. that back which feels good so yeah that's that's where we're at that's amazing. Do you ever just stop and like hear yourself? Well, after this podcast, you're going to gonna be like, that's such a crazy journey. Um, and what's clear is like, even from when you're talking about the start, it's, uh, it's this fluidity, like moving between different places and people and different. And I, I love what you said about being a musician. And actually, you kind of, you kind of zoomed ahead because I was going to ask you about the, 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 the music, you know, production stuff, right? Because you know, now you you know how to arrange music, you know how to not only like speak, create and play, but um, you're also arranging. And I had a question, like, how does it like for you, this creative process, right? Like, how does it how does it work like on a like a bigger picture from like a, a whole track, but then maybe a whole album. But now you're also speaking about identity. Like, is it something that you kind of build outwards or is it all interconnected? Um, yeah. Do you know what? It's, it's crazy. It's like a lot of times I just I, I try to just go with like how how I feel at the time in regards yeah. to like the order of things and the process. It's like sometimes I'll, I'll be like, OK, so I'm, I want to go for this particular sound. So I'm going to spend maybe like a week or two just making different types of beats. Like I won't do any rapping. I'll just make the beats mm. um, so that I have time to kind of go through the motions enough and then when it's time to write, I've got like, I don't know, like 10, 15 different beats to choose from. So I could be like, okay, whatever, whatever. But sometimes it's like, depending on the vibe, I might make a, I might start making a beat and then too many lyrics start coming to my head. So I'm like, okay, I need to finish this today so I can like, I might start writing as I'm going along yeah. and stuff. So it's really like, it, I try my best to just do all of it quite organically in terms of like gut feeling and just like, what I connect to in the studio. 
and stuff. But yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's genuinely. Sometimes I try and organize myself because it's like, okay, I know that <laughs> some structure it needs to be done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 it needs to be done in this way. Because yeah. because I can get lost in just like creating and trying different things. But um, yeah, more so, it's weird because. Um, making beats takes a lot of time and then so does like making like the lyrics and then I record myself so it's like it's it's quite a long-winded process in terms of sometimes just like making one track because I'm there in every stage but if I give it enough time then it's always like fruitful basically so I just Mm. yeah just try and give it time give it time yeah yeah we watched um you sort of doing a, a deep dive into, into production for <clears throat> for Born on Your Own from like going with the the initial actually cello riff I think is that right yeah yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. and it was it was great to see work because you're you're so into um, all of like all the <laughs> nuances of of the software um, and all of the uh, patching patching all the little bits and pieces together uh, and then the layers right all the yeah. details the layers. Um, that was re- really just great to watch your your energy there and I appreciate that. Um, but you know, with this, um, with kind of being a bit of an all in a, uh, a one man band in a way, um, do you miss the like creative dialogue with between you know what you usually have between producer and, and the artist and musician, um, or is it or is it really helpful for you because it's you can like funnel it into the really singular vision that you have for a track? Nah, to be honest, I, I do. I miss it. I miss like the vibe of like having a couple people in the studio and stuff. So. It's like recently I've started to kind of build a team where there's a guy who lives like directly across the road from me. He plays the guitar and he's like my guitarist now. So I can like get guitar stuff from him. And then I've got like, I'm kind of opening up to now that I've got things to a point that I want them. I'm kind of opening up a bit to working with different producers again on like certain different elements. But just because in my head, I do feel like music is a group effort most of the time and, and it feels good to kind of you never like when you're in a room with a couple people it's like it's just amazing what could happen based on like even like sometimes a producer might send you a beat so it's just like you download it and you're by yourself and it's all up to you but sometimes you're in a studio with another producer and that's a good thing now where it's like I can produce with other producers rather than maybe just relying on them so I'm trying to do a lot of that just because I'm looking at all the producers that I really like aspire to at this point in a sense of like Kanye, Pharrell, um, Timberland and stuff. And it's like none of them are like a one man band. They all have um, a bunch of different people in the studio kind of just like on some collaborative effort and bringing out the best of everyone. And I guess I feel like that's where I'm at now is kind of just understanding that for one, it's tiring just being a one man band. And for two, it's like, you're only going to see things in one way. So I'm definitely opening up because I, I miss sure. like, I miss that. I do miss being in the studio with a bunch of people. So like the, the more I go along, I, I feel like even down to like having somebody to like press record rather than me <laughs> just like press and record and stuff. And like I press record and then I'll run over to the mic. <laughs> like, like it's all crazy. You know what I mean? So it's like... <laughs> I'm looking forward to not having to do all of those things, but just also the fact that that guy could be like, no, nah, Max, you know what? I don't like that take. I feel like you could do better rather than... so." And, I, and I'm the sort of person where for the greater good of the music, I'll always like take in consideration what somebody has to say about the track or whatever. So yeah. it works. Like a good positive friction. Yeah. 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 yeah I, th- I think that... 
I I love how you brought up like the practical element, and I was I was also thinking about energy. Like I feel it. Like I'm like I'm like where's the energy? Like I'm yeah, I'm yeah, here yeah, like yeah. in my room. I want some people. Yeah, <laughs> no, honestly, I've it's great there. to see you on Zoom, but you know what? It's not like exactly the same. You know, like you just need people around Facts. you. Facts. Um, I actually I had so I had an, I was having another thought, um, Maxta, and it's you know you mentioned obviously you were like. You were pretty like early on. You were signed by Sony, and then you left. Um, you've got the diploma, and now you're in this process of like I don't know, like reinvent is the world, but maybe like yeah, position yourself more cool. authentically. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and yeah. I was just wondering, maybe are there are there certain elements that you're wanting to explore that you feel like you couldn't beforehand? Maybe and was the handicap maybe like the major label, or I don't know. Maybe also people just grow up, right? So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my long-winded question for you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when I was young, it's crazy because even like with the rapping thing, it's like I just really liked music, and eventually it's like, oh my god, people are telling me I have to shoot a video now. Yeah. And like, even I remember when somebody first booked me for a show, I was like, oh my god, like I don't want to do this. Like <laughs> I, I just want to stay in the studio and make music. Like I don't. I don't want to perform like why are they making me do this like I, was, I didn't even care about the money I was just like nah like I don't want to do I don't want to perform and um it's crazy because I feel like because I love music so many things have come off the back of it that I wasn't necessarily ready for like I was quite shy like um I wasn't that confident in terms of like being outgoing and stuff it was like I, I genuinely just liked music and then everything kind of came in my way so I feel like being young and like shy and impressionable and it's like I pretty much let my environment mold me mm. like all the time like it was like depending on who was my manager at the time I might be dressed a different way or depending on like all these different things it was like it was always about the people that were like control like around me telling me what to do that was like the version of Max Star that people saw so I guess there was times where like being around a lot of like the the grime guys and stuff is like really and truly there were so many things that I had to suppress like like say like I've got my favorite rock band you probably can't see it but I've got like my favorite rock band some 40 well punk rock band some 41 like tattered oh, on my arm and yeah. stuff yeah <laughs> and that they mean a lot to me like in a sense of like as much as maybe grime ever did and things like yeah. that so but I always felt like I had to stop skateboarding I had to stop like listening to like punk rock music i had to just stop all these things that didn't fit in line with like wow, grime really? and stuff so it's like i guess at this point i'm like oh snap i'm an adult i can do whatever the hell i want like i started skateboarding again this year i started just like i got a guitar and it's like everything and i just feel like there's so many things that i always wanted to do but i just didn't and it's like, I could say they are just part of the real me. It's not even so much I just wanted to do them. It's like, they are part of who I am. But to fit into, like, the grime world, because there'd be times where, like, I might be in a room full of, like, other grime artists and stuff. And it's like, early on, I realised that there were certain things that I want to talk about or, like, that I say that don't fit into those rooms. Like, because I'm being, like, honest. I even, like, changed the way I spoke like just because I remember this one time I was in a room full of like artists like some of them were like a lot bigger than me and at the time I had like 
I just spoke like quite well spoken and stuff. And mm. I remember I must have said something, and then someone was like, no, 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 like mocking my voice. And then everyone in the room like laughed. Oh. And I was like, it kind of hurt. And I was like, okay, mm. so never like be well spoken again. Like, mm. don't do that. Like, so then it was just like, yeah, like, obviously, come on, bro. Like, you get me, like, da 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 da. And, you know, like, just kind of putting on this whole, like, act of yeah. just, okay. And not even so much of an act because it's like, it's part of me too, but it's just not who I am. So it was like, now it's like, I can actually, like, I go anywhere, no matter who's around, and I just, like, talk like how I actually speak rather than putting on a voice. And then it's like, with my new music, it's like, I've got, like, some, like, kind of rock-influenced stuff. I've got, like... I, I feel like I always liked rapping more than I liked grime anyway, just because it was, like, slower. I could express myself a bit more. And when I was young, I was infatuated with, like, the, the like, Eminem, 50 Cent and Dr. Dre, like, trifecta or whatever yeah. it is. And just, like, a lot of things in hip-hop, because I had heard that before I heard mm. grime. Mm. So, like I said, everything I did as a grime MC was just to fit in. And it, quite, and it took me places, but... I find it I find it quite ironic that it even took me places because I because in my head I'm like you wasn't even being yourself like this is crazy so yeah now I feel like it's gonna be I feel like there might be some people who like me for that sort of stuff and and and, and won't like me necessarily if they don't if they only like grime and stuff then they won't like me for where I'm going but I, I've just woken up like, and I feel like I've got mm. like a a second chance at life to be like who I am and it makes me happier because I feel like that's what happened like a year ago I just burnt out because I was like okay I make beats and like we're going in this new direction but for some reason I'm not happy with my music and it's like oh because you're just doing what you you're still doing what you think you're what like people want from you rather than being fearless and just do being like who you are so yeah it's I can't lie like I've looked at it like I'm young enough to have 10 more years in music, minimum. Yeah, so minimum. <laughs> minimum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this next 10 years is going to be completely different from like everything that came before. So it's like, it's going to be interesting, but I f like to see like out of the fan base that I do have, like who stays and who g goes. But I just feel like um, there's a whole new, like there's like a whole tribe that I'm about to find anyway. So I'm yeah. more concerned about that. Mm. So, uh, God, that must have been such a, a sort of weight off your shoulders, like walking walking away yeah. from from um, the label after after all this sort of awkwardness of feeling. Um, and it it demonstrates yeah. like incredible resolve and resistance. Or, sorry, not resistance. Maybe resistance, but also resilience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's great. You you mentioned there like um, your influences um, from like an American rap hip hop scene. And I'm going to yeah. like skip ahead because it was a question I had, but I was wondering like, because when you're described, you're obviously described within a grime context, um, your bio's mentioned from like South London to East London. Um, and then people talk about your music and um, like London grit. And I wonder if you could like expand a bit more on how you feel you sort of relate to either a particular scene or not, or whether it's a kind of open canvas of like all international like styles that that come into you and you you sort of remix and and put out as your own feeling yeah um i feel like i've always had like in in some way there's always been like 
an international spirit to what I'm doing because obviously I'm like, I'm, my parents are from Sierra Leone and they came over here and I've always had this weird like kind of globetrotter syndrome in the back of my mind where I'm like, no place is like my home, like everywhere is my home. But um, cause, cause like if they could just like move anywhere, then I could like move anywhere I wanted in life. And like, I, I just feel like the world is like my home, whatever. But um, so basically, the thing with Grime in the early days, there was this strong thing of like, this is who we are and you can't like sound like, you can't take influence from America or this and that and all these different things that have kind of aged now. And I also, I also realized that recently where I was like, wait, I don't need to carry on doing this because I feel like the whole world has caught up to like just knowing that you can do whatever you like, you can take influence from anywhere. So it's like, I feel like all these influences that I've had that never got to make sense or see the light of day, it's like now, because I've always been like, I'll be real, like say like in 2012, 13, I was like dressing like Mac Miller and Tyler, the creator and stuff. And just because like that was like in the world, those were like the people who resonated with me more than anyone else, more than people in the UK. And I was like, dressing like a skater and stuff because it was like, is what it is. But then it was like, when I stood next to the other Graham MCs, I looked a bit weird in that context because it was like, why are you kind of like, what are you doing? Like, do you know what I mean? That's, it was weird. So now it's like, it's all, it could all just make sense in terms of, I can, I can be vocal about what my actual influences are and then like the music and the things that I kind of, do will all kind of there'll be like fluidity to that rather than bits and bobs that kind of don't necessarily all correlate but yeah um, i'm like largely influenced by the world rather than just the uk mm -hmm. because obviously i'm influenced by the uk as well but it's like the world is like a there's so it's like a big like canvas with like just so much there's there's like so many different i don't know man there's just so many different strokes of color like and I, I i can see them all so yeah it's hard to ignore <laughs> you know yeah your openness i love that i don't know i i yeah i really i really relate to that as well um and it, it it does make me it does make me you know think back to one of the first questions I was asking you, which is about that pluralism, right? Where you're just kind of like yeah. take from here, from here, from this instrument, from that one, um, and you know, I mean, I I I just want like coming back to your your producer tutorial. I, I mean, I watched it and I was blown away, and I was, he's like, you know, you just add this simple, and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> you're seeing the world in a way that I'm not seeing the world, and then the way that you described the tones as well, like I see, and there was another one, and I was just like, now I'm gonna listen to sounds differently, and I feel Shit. that. Being a visual arts curator, I look at things visually, color form differently. But now I have to say, mm -hmm. like, thanks to you, I'm going to be hearing sounds differently, like, and a little different tones. Yeah, that was, now that's it. <laughs> that's a slight segue. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you, you know, you've obviously you had different influences and in people coming into your life. Like, how do you feel about? you know, other like younger generations, helping them, mentoring them, um, like other working with different musicians, like maybe you've been through this experience of finding yourself and um, maybe like passing that on to a certain extent. Yeah, 
Um, it's crazy because I feel like, I feel like that's like, I feel like that's part of my purpose going forward. Like, that's like part of my life purpose because it's like, I, I remember us like month, maybe last year at some point while I was kind of having this, going through this journey of finding myself as a musician, but which kind of led to more me finding myself just as a human being. I remember I saw this thing that said, like, be the person you needed when you were younger. Like, and that really resonated with me. And then it's like, I got to that stage where I'm like, yo, like, right now, I am the person that I needed when I was younger. Like, I needed me to, like, speak to my... Like, I needed somebody exactly like me to speak to my 14-year-old self and say, yo, like, mm. you, you could... It's okay, like, you can be, like, true to yourself and you can... Like, it will be all right. Like, and being you is like the the best thing you can be because it's like, it's what you, it's what you're here to do. And it's like, don't let the world kind of strip you of your color and like, and that. And so, so, so I guess I've got this strong, like passionate feeling about just like knowing that there's kids out there who probably still struggle with them kind of things um, coming up and stuff as much as the world is like more open and there's more like resource for like finding yourself and finding information so it's like i'm not sure exactly how i'm gonna get into it i think i'm just gonna start by just like speaking out and like having that message in my music but like say like before like i think in like february i did this workshop in wells where i was like teaching these kids how to like make beats and stuff and it sounds crazy but it was like one of the best days of my life because it wow. was like it just felt like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, and it was like, because the kids were really like, it was these underprivileged kids in Wales who are like quite far out from anybody that has anything to do with like putting out a record or anything. Um, it was like, I could just see how much they they needed it like in real time. So it was like, and all their parents were like, oh my God, like, every time somebody comes to this youth club, they just don't really care and they did a duh but I f they were like, you seem like you really want to be here and I feel like that's actually translated to the kids and stuff. So I was like, it, it kind of made me, it reaffirmed my, my thing in my head where I'm like, yo, like, I am here for like the kids in terms of like, or just like older people, younger people. I am here for people who just, you know, who need me like in whatever capacity and um, it's important to me to like take every opportunity that that comes my way to do so yeah like, it's really important. Yeah. super inspirational that's a great great story the um teaching in wales um and it and it's great to sort of like champion your younger self the 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 kid dressed as a as a skater who's not fitting in or the, the kid who's like carrying the cello which is not a small instrument when you're a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not fitting in. It's not exactly incognito. At all. Yeah, you know, it like... makes me think. Like generally, do you, you know, what I, what I've loved about this conversation is um, just the complete openness um, and at ease with um, your vulnerability. And I wondered if you thought that vulnerability within the music industry. Um, I mean, you could go down grime if you want to, but generally speaking, was it, do you find it like undervalued or underappreciated or maybe everybody kind of like plays it down because there, there can be so much persona and ego floating around. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're definitely right. And it's like, I think people do play it down a lot. And I think it's like underrated. Um, and also it's like, that's why I was saying it's like, it's hard for me as a real person that kind of mm. appreciates other real people to like hang around with like most rappers and people within the music scene because it's like there's just so much pretense and I think it's not necessarily anybody's fault because it's like this is what everybody thinks you're supposed to do like you're meant to put on this image and then like like hide your real self and hide your vulnerability and like I don't know like maybe there's like three people in your team that know the real you when you get upset and you like open up and stuff but I feel like it's just like it's weird because it doesn't really help in the long run because I notice like the curves of like people's careers because I've had some of my own so when I watch other people's careers and when things stop going well statistically it's like there's almost this weird I notice this weird kind of thing where people are now doing like 10 times more to compensate and and seem like they're all right like i don't know buying a new chain uh, or da 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 and it's like i'm looking at their stats like oh so he's on a record label but he's just like he's he's been charting like really badly recently like his last song just went to like number 72 and all of a sudden he's like on instagram like acting way more braggadocio than before <laughs> and i just notice it i'm like oh snap like this is actually crazy like this is a real thing um, like I said, because I've had some of these motions myself, I can see what ha- like if your like statistics are at a certain place and you're signed to a record label, that means when you go into meetings, you're getting told off basically. You're getting told this is not working, what is going on, da da da. But like your fans and the wider world and everyone that follows you on Instagram, they don't know that. They don't know how it works, so they just look at you like, oh, he's gone and bought a new chain, like he's winning, like. And <laughs> and then there's like you're getting like the dopamine yeah. of all the likes and stuff, and it's just crazy because I feel like it it's like a contributing factor to artists like really crashing and burning in life. Yeah. So I just feel like blessed that at this point I can just be like no matter if people think that like because because I know sometimes at, at this point I could probably be like real to like a fault sometimes where it's like. Not necessarily a fault, but just in the eyes of people who expect macho rap vibes from me. It's like, nah. Macho like, rap, 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 rap vibes. Like, like, you're just going to get like a real person. And if it's like, if that's not enough at times, I don't really care because I know that it's going to resonate with more people. Because, you know, like the whole world isn't bragging. Like people are just dealing with real things. So I, I understand that at the end of the day, me like being my truest self is only going to make me relate to more people around the world at some point, you know? But yeah, it's crazy, man. It's, it's, I just think it's quite sad when artists get trapped in that because I've been there myself and you, you, you feel like you have nowhere to turn to because you've got this whole facade that you're trying to keep up. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of that kind of trapping in the art world as well. But when you're in music, there is this element of entertainment. So I can just yeah, the trap can be even, I don't know, the glass can be even thicker. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to continue, just keep on chatting and chatting. Um, but um, it's actually time for our last question. Okay, yeah, 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 Max for done. sure. It's been a good chat, though, I'll, so, I'll be honest. I know, I know. But our, our last question is, what creative inspiration 
do you have for our listeners? Um, just feel. I would say, no matter what you're doing creatively, just just feel because, like, I don't think I feel like creatively there is no right or wrong because it's all about you. You're like giving birth to like an idea or whatever it is, and it's like there might be somebody hovering over your shoulder looking at what you're doing and saying, yo, like, that's not, like, right or whatever. But I feel like the true, like, quantification of, like, how good something is to a certain degree is how good you feel about it and how strongly you feel about it and whether you connect with it. So if you connect with it and, like, feel strongly about it, like, obviously... Sometimes you might be working on a brief for someone and they want a specific thing. That's like a whole different conversation. But as long as it's about you and your art, it's like, if you feel strongly about it, don't let anybody make you not feel strongly about it. Because it's like, who are they anyway? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super yeah. good advice. Thanks. Thanks so much for that. And for a really, really great chat. Um, if... Uh, People want to hear more of your work, which of course they will do. Um, but you know, they can go on to iTunes, Spotify, and other places, and they can also buy an album, not just not just listen to to free tracks here and there that yeah. goes to support artists. Um, remember that. Um, but also, is there anywhere else you want to point people uh, to look at to find out more about your work? Um, yeah, I guess like. Um, I'm on Instagram and I'm like using that a lot more than I used to in a sense of just like really pushing out like my identity and like what's going on and the things that I'm interested in. So I guess, yeah, just just keep an eye out on there because I, I like post a lot of videos of um, me like making beats and stuff. And also like I've, I've got a YouTube channel like coming in an, in like the next like week or so we're going to drop like the first episode. So which is like about, about making beats, like about like industry advice, just like about like everything that I do. So I'll be like probably announcing that. You can find out about that from my Instagram. So yeah, just like check me out on Instagram. It's King Maxstar, K-I-N-G-M-A-X-S-T-A for sure. Perfect. And the YouTube channel Perfect. sounds really great too. Oh, thank you. Good. Thanks so much for um, being with Max. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. No, you know, yeah, that was, was awesome. This was an amazing chat. I always like like to have just like real chats and stuff. It's always good. It feels good. And you know, whoever's listening, I hope that they can like take something from it, you know? Perfect. For sure. They definitely will. Thanks very Thanks much. So much. And do join us next time for more creative chat. Bye.